Yes, and welcome to The Proper Podcast. How are we doing, people? It's great to have you here once again. So then, nothing much happened on the weekend, did it? <laughs> After about 45 hours of Steve fucking Bunce, a couple of undercard fights, Bacoli swallowed a fucking wasp, and then we had the Eurovision Song Contest. Then we had the main events. Yes, Fury versus Engarnu. Well, we're going to delve straight into that. But first, I'm with the boys. How are we, Johnny B? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I genuinely cannot wait to talk about it. We've agreed we're not talking about the fights until we do the pod, mate. So this is uh, this is like having sex, man. You just want to bolt your load and you just got to hold on tight to the end, baby. So I'm ready to just bolt all over this, mate. I cannot wait to speak about it. And Kaya, how are you doing, bro? Mate, I'm all right. I don't know how to follow that, really, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'll just leave it like this. I can't wait to talk about the fight. No, honestly, no. Like, joking aside, I've been, I've been, I've hold it down. I've held it down for for days now, and then it's just, yeah, it's like, like like what John said. It's just bubbling up. I want to talk about. It. I've heard everyone else's take. Um, mainly, you know, my, my favorite podcast, The Fight Disciples. I thought that was fascinating the way they broke it down, and we're going to try and do something similar in our own way. Uh, you know. I did. I did agree with a lot of what they said, but there's the stuff that I didn't agree with. So I want to talk about it. Let's let's get it off our chest. Yep. Let's go deep into it, and uh, we'll also be talking about Fabio Wardley and Adelaide. That was a bloody good fight. We'll touch on a little bit of the undercard, the event as a whole, and we'll go into a bit of Joe Cordina as well at the end. So I just want to say this, boys. First of all. I told you he'd win. You didn't fucking listen, did you? I told you and Garner would smash him up, but you don't fucking listen, do you? Oh, I'm joking. So then, I want to know, Johnny B, what did you think of the event as a whole, first of all? Well, first of all, there was a little clip that we cut out from last week, wasn't there, flying around on the socials. I gave a strong case for how Ngannou might be able to do something, and Kaya's response was? You're a cunt. <laughs> bollocks yeah. bollocks you can maybe edit this and, and throw in that clip uh, but no look on a serious note no one gave Ngannou a chance no one's ever seen him box it was his debut the little clips that we did see of Ngannou doing the pads slow as fuck no one foresee this no one all the experts all the casual fans all the hardcore fans no one thought this was going to happen what did happen was Tyson Fury that bad was Ngannou that good? Or was it a little bit of both? But we're going to go into it, right? We're going to like look at the rounds, and sort of score the rounds, have a little conversation about it. But just throwing this out quickly, Frank Warren's already sort of gone into spin mode. He's saying, look, you know, more punches was thrown by Tyson Fury, more was landed. Look, he won the fight. Listen, do not list CompuBox stats, punches thrown, punches landed. You've got to take it with a pinch of salt. It nah. don't work like that. Because you could have... Wait, let me just say God. this, Kai, because we do this all the yeah, time, but don't man. dive into this, it. Don't give us your fucking I'm final not result to, Yeah, yet. but no, but I'm just going to prime it before we go into it so people are aware. Go on, then. If you've got, a, this is a 10-round fight. If in one of those rounds, right, some fighter A throws four times the amount of punches as fighter B and lands four times the amount of punches than fighter B in, let's say, round two, that's round two. It distorts the whole fight. Because so many fights, were, so many punches were, were thrown more and landed in that. You've got to take each round on a round-by-round round basis. That's all I'm saying, okay? And then in scoring a fight, it's done on... The criteria is four things. Effective aggression, defense, hard and clean punches landed, not just punches landed, right? 
and ring generalship. Ring generalship is when you impose your style and will on another fighter. And this is where it gets a little bit complicated, okay? I anyway. already know who the fuck you've scored the fight to. Jesus Christ, you've given all your, you've laid all your cards at the table already, son. I'm just priming it before before we go into it because, uh, yeah, like you know, I, I've watched the fight three times now, right? I've watched it, so I've watched it twice, and the the rounds that I had in question, I had to watch again. So I've watched the fight twice, and I think I've watched four rounds three times. Anyway, but I'm, the question was, what did you think of the event? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That was you fucking. That was a bit of pre cum, wasn't it? It was a fucking dribbling out your penis. <laughs> <laughs> I can't own it. I've got to go. Bosh. Uh, I'm, 40, oh, I? I'm 43 years of age, man. After people that were singing, I don't even know who the fuck they are, to be honest. I reckon they tried to get in Stormzy and then a fucking tribute act fucking turned up. <laughs> who were they? Fucking singers. I thought he was all right. Winsy. I don't know who the fuck. I don't, I was like, Winsy. <laughs> no, yeah, it weren't I, bad I, to I be fair. I thought he was all right, but I've got a 12-year-old son. I've got a 12-year-old son who likes all that shit, so uh, I was nodding my head to it. I thought the girl was good. Again, it, oh, you're right, though, props. It was a bit like the Eurovision fucking song contest, wasn't it? It was a little bit long. But but with the lights. Oh, the lights the, were incredible. It was long. It was long. for ages. I mean, the whole event was amazing. The fact that they put... The main event in another arena. I mean, that's that's the first first time I've ever seen that happen. Yeah, do you know what I mean? In a, in a boxing event, mm. you know, all the all the undercards somewhere and stick the main over there with all the lights and the fucking concert. Well, it was excellent, but that's probably chump change to Mister Mister Turkey, isn't it? That's chump change to him. He's probably done a equivalent of a tenner to us. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> so, and just uh, and just the ability to fly in all the VIPs. To have yeah. Holyfield, like Lewis, Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard, like Ronaldo, having all these guys there ringside, mm. like unbelievable. To, just to have the power and leverage to be able to do that. Obviously, he's probably paid the money to come over, float, flown them in first class, six star hotels. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. If that, this is the future, isn't it? Saudi Arabia, this is the future. This is where we're going to see the big time boxing. I, I think Vegas, that's 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 gone now. It's, it's a shame you can't have a beer though. You're talking about a whole Western culture that that want to have a beer while you watch the boxing. We don't all want to sit there with a fucking Perrier and a slice of lemon. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not what we want. And that's the only thing that they need to 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 change, in my opinion. But you know, who am I? I'm fucking. I'm a nobody from from London. <laughs> you know what I mean? Coming coming soon to Saudi Arabia, Anthony Joshua v Tyson Fury. The crowd's going to be split. Half rude boys, half travellers, all getting pissed up. Good luck in Saudi Arabia. (laughs) (laughs) What do you reckon in props? What do you reckon of it all? Was you uh, was you was you massively impressed? Yeah, no, like you. I didn't know who the singers were, but yeah, as a as an event, as a spectacle. It was pretty special, wasn't it? I did enjoy it, to be honest. It it dragged. I mean, fuck me, did it drag. It just went on and on. I was trying to, <laughs> I was hoping it would fucking speed up. There was about, but it weren't just the main event. There was about 45 minutes in between some of the undercard fights. I was like, come on, bloody hell. But yeah, no, it was good to see all the legends there. I'll tell you what made me laugh. That picture. You've seen the picture where it's like Fury and Ngannou at the top. Yeah, I've and seen it's that. like fucking Evander Holyfield, Tyson, Lewis, Ronaldo, Gareth A. Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing there, but anyway. Um, no, it was special, yeah, in a way. It was special. Bit long, bit dragged on, but um, it was special. Yeah. Card time? 
Oh, let's just get into it, mate. I'm fucking... <laughs> let's, let's just do the first round. Who won the fucking first round? Should we talk about the first round? Honestly, I, I, I don't even know. And this is for all the listeners. I haven't got a clue how Johnny B or Uncle Proper have scored this fight. They don't know how I've we scored We don't it. even know. We think... Yeah, or we think, yeah, exactly. Go on. I don't know. You fucking gave your game away a little bit. And get shit you, away, yeah. bub. All right, well, then. Well, let's, let's, let's crack on then. Round one, then, yeah? Round one. First of all, I want to know... What was you thinking? Just before we get onto the scorecards, Kaya, because I know you're eager. I know how eager you are. But what was you thinking throughout the fight? Come on. Throughout the fight? Um, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. How is this happening? Am I, am I pissed? Am I hallucinating? You know, I, f- I felt bad for Tyson Fury. I felt happy that he was getting, you know, spanked about a little bit. Then I and I thought as, as Ngannou pulled the wool over eyes. I've never had a mixture of emotions like that watching boxing in years. I just didn't know what to make of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm still a bit confused by it all. To be honest with you, I'm trying to figure it all out and see where the fuck has this geezer come from to perform like that. And I don't necessarily think I think Tyson Fury obviously wasn't himself, but you know we'll get into the fight in a minute. But yeah, I just I, honestly I'm I'm still confused by the whole situation and what I saw. Didn't you think, right, I, I saw him in uh, round two, because I've watched it again today, purely for the scorecards, for scoring it. But I watched it, right, and there's a moment in round two where his face drops Fury. I don't know if it's the sort of realisation that Ngannou's better than he thought or the realisation that fucking he hasn't trained for this and he's in for a tough night. <laughs> Mate. But you got to see it, right? I don't know what like sort of second it is, but his face just drops. He's like... Fucking hell, what's going on? I think I know that point, what you're talking about. And then his behaviour after that is what leads him to get dropped in round three. I think 100%. I know the point you're talking about because he does. He starts doing stuff in round two. Yeah, I think you're right. Taking risks that leads him down a, a path that he doesn't really want to go down there because there's unknowns with Ngannou. And that's how he gets dropped in the third round. Well, we're jumping around here. Should we just start from the beginning? Props. Let's go, man. Yep, come on in. Let's get into the scorecards. Let's do it. Right, Kyra, I know you're fucking buzzing to do it. So you start off, bruv. I am. Round one. Mate. Round one, Bell goes, Tyson Fury comes out and just sticks it on him, doesn't he? Big haymaker, doesn't really land it. But um, I saw, I, when, the first, when the first round started, I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, all right, you know, Fury's not really doing a great deal, but Ngannou looks like a bit of a rabbit in the headlights, headlights as well. Ngannou doesn't really land anything, and I think it was quite clear that Tyson Fury took the first round. I don't think there's too many people. Even though I think, was there a judge out there that give it to to Ingarnu, I'm not sure if there was. Don't quote me on that. But I don't think there's too many people out there um, that gave Ngarnu the first round. So for me, it was quite quite clear a Tyson Fury first round. And I thought that was going to be the way the fight was going to go from the first round. I honestly thought that was what was going to happen after I saw that. Yep, Johnny B. First round, he came out. He meant business. Big one-two straight down the pipe. He, you know, he set the stool out, Tyson Fury. But what I think he, he, he thought was, fuck. Garnu ain't moving. Caught him with that, but he took a nice little step back on Garnu and he was just like, okay, still didn't break his shape on Garnu, still kept coming forward. I felt uh, at that first round, I thought, oh, I thought, Garnu's all right, you know. I don't think he's uh, overawed by Tyson Fury coming out and throwing big haymakers like that, a big one too, like that. I scored it to uh, Fury uh, uh, a 10 9, but 
you know, Fury threw more punches. He landed more punches. But interestingly, the power punches that were landed in that first round was three apiece. But I give the, the no doubt that was a Fury round, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I had Fury by just a couple of jabs, really, nothing much. Um, but yeah, I was looking at Ngannou and I thought, oh, well, you, you know, you're keeping your composure well. You look all right. Um, but yeah, Fury literally within the first two seconds come out and threw a haymaker. I thought, oh, here we go. This is going to be embarrassing. Um, but yeah, Ngannou didn't look phased at all. But he did have his mouth open which he did for the whole fight. But he had his mouth open. I thought, fuck me, you're going to guess any fucking minute. But apparently not. Anyway, so yes, we're all going on Fury round one there, aren't we? So uh, round two, Kaya. Right, so round two, right. Now, I've watched this fight three times as well. And I'm trying to be generous to Francis Ngannou in this round because you know what I feel like happened in this fight as well? Obviously, the uproar for all the MMA community, um, you know, even boxers and everyone from Talk Sport have, you know, kicked, you know, dug, dug the knife in as well with Tyson Fury because he basically blocked them from turning up, turning up. And I think every time Ngannou landed one, it felt like he landed a combination. It, it was so shocking. It felt like it was three punches every time he landed just a jab or just, a, you know, a little sneaky check left up. And when you when you take the emotion out of it, now we're filming this on the Wednesday, right? Taking emotion out of it. If you really watched the round, I can't, I can't score it to Ngannou. I thought Fury was a bit busier, uh, even though he, you know he didn't land anything significant. I, I really tried to not give it to Fury, but I had to. So um, yeah, I gave it to Tyson Fury again. So I got it two 0 Fury right now. Johnny, I'm exactly the same. In the in that second round, Fury he took more risk. Generalship, he was just like trying to walk and go on to say he just took more risk. He was more aggressive. Uh, he threw more punches. He landed more punches. Yet again, same amount of power punches was landed from Ngannou and Fury. But let me just tell you this: if Ngannou in the second round, he ain't out of second gear. He's not out of second gear. He didn't look at all like a rabbit in the headlights. He was just taking what. Fury was throwing at him and it was calculated mm. pressure coming forward. At this point, in the second round, that's where I thought to myself, do you know what? Ngannou, his reflexes, his fast twitch muscle fibres, the way he was sort of getting out of punches and not just getting out of punches, he was taking a little step back. Then once he took a step back, it was like the way he would shift from left to right. I was thinking, look at the fighters that Fury's just fought before Ngannou, Dillian White, Chisora, they don't take a step back and then have the guile to go from the left to the right like Ngannou did. And that's when I thought, fucking hell, this uh, MMA guy, mm. he's got some balance, you know. Just the way he shifts from left to right, step back, understanding the space, understanding the range. I give the round to Fury, but at that point I thought, he ain't phased one fucking iota here and he is no rabbit in the headlights with Fury. This is going to be interesting. I remember thinking that. Mm. right? So I've got it saying, Fury won the round though. Uh, yeah, so I had to watch this round three times to try and figure out who won it. And I come to the conclusion that Fury won the round, but I found it very hard to call. Um, and I wouldn't have gone against. I also put here Fury round. However, I was inclined to also give it a 10-10. But I don't want to be a 10-10 sit on the fence cunt. 
right? So I'm going Fury round. Ah, oh, fucking eight, ten tenors. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I knew, <laughs> I knew that would be a fucking a problem. So uh, oh, Fury mate. round for me. Round three. Well, obviously, we're all going to go ten, eight, knockdown here. Yeah, yeah. We don't really talk about it too much because there's nothing to talk about. Fury. I think Fury felt little something in round two, even with the punches that were missing. Uh, maybe hitting a bit of gloves and now I, I felt like Fury was like, fuck me. If, they, if you could put a speech bubble, like one of those thinking bubbles across the top of his head in the cartoons, it would say, fuck me. On it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He knew, he knew, right? So he got a bit too close, got a little bit too careless. Yeah. Overcome the left hook and that was it. And it was not worn on the back of the head. And it was a clean knockdown. Yeah. You could see his face when he was on the floor. He's looking around going, what is going, what is going on here? What is going on here? This this could get really, really embarrassing. Yeah. Absolutely shell-shocked. So easiest round to score. And this is when Ngannou now is thinking, aye, aye. You know, I've ta- the first two rounds I might have lost. Now, you know, <laughs> do you know what the funny thing was? He started doing some fucking dance, dance in front yeah. of him as well. That was uh, <laughs> he did, he did a little jiggle, well, didn't This he? is the heavyweight yeah. champion of the world. Supposed to be a the, the greatest fighter in our generation, and this this guy comes across, knocks him over a left hook, and starts doing a dance in front of him. Couldn't write it, you couldn't write it. But yeah, obviously ten eight ten eight in Ghana. Yeah, yeah. I, I won't regurgitate. I'm happy to go to the fourth. Yeah, I just think that. Um, and even when Tyson was in trouble, he didn't even put his foot down. It's like he just he had a set of instructions, and he just followed them to a T. Really educated, seemed really experienced, cultured. As I say, cool as a cucumber. And we see that, say, when he knocked him down. Mm. I was just like, I was saying, I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, Fury knew how much of shit he was in because the last 15 seconds, he is miles away from Ngannou. He is running around like a fucking nutcase. He's just staying well away. So he was obviously a little bit buzzed by that, a little bit dazed. Anyway, round four, I'm going to start off here. I'm going to say that I thought Ngannou come out bursting with confidence. He had a great 45 seconds, uh, first 45 seconds, and I think he dominated that round. So Ngannou round for me in round four. This was the hardest round to score. Of, of them all, this was my hardest really? round to score. Yeah, this was my hardest round to score. What you just said there, if you look at that round, I've watched this round three times. If you look at it, I scored it. The first time I scored it, I scored it to Ngannou. I, I've stayed with Ngannou, but I've had to watch it three times. The first minute, he has a really good minute, and Garnu. He's pushing the pressure, um, and then in the, in the second minute, both of them don't really do nothing. And then the last minute, Tyson Fury, he comes on strong, and I think that's where it might have caught uh, um, uh, the the judges' eye. Fury throws more punches in the round than Garnu does, but Garnu lands more. But uh, yeah, it's just yeah, I, I'll give it to Garnu, but I, I struggled to score that round. Ngannou got it though. I, I found it quite easy, uh, even when I even when I watched it. Pissed out, pissed on a Saturday night. I, I thought it was Ngannou's round. Watched it three times. I can't give Tyson through the round. I thought he ran a little bit. He's trying to, you know, he's trying to look like he's busy, look like he's doing work when he's not really. You know, he's going on the back foot, gone on his bike a little bit, flicking out jabs and all that. It was he wasn't committing to anything. Um, so for me, that was a for me that was an Ngannou round. I mean, look closer than. Some of the other rounds, like round eight, for example, which we'll come to, but um, yeah, Ngannou, I thought, won that round. Not handily, but he, he definitely won it in my eyes. Yeah. So I've got I've got Ngannou now one point ahead after four rounds. We all got him the same. We've all, we've all scored it the same so far. Here's where it gets interesting now. 
the fifth, so the fifth round, Fury, 100%. Fury, he gets behind the jab, lands more punch, throws more punches, lands more punches, lands more power punches. A fifth round, 100% Fury. No one can argue about that. Yeah. Props? Uh, yep, yeah, I agree. I agree. I thought he um, he come out looking to be the old Fury. He thought, right, I've got to get behind my jab. And um, yeah, he was just he was just a regular Fury peppering for me. So Fury, fifth round, Kaya. Yeah, same, same, mate. Like he's obviously gone right. Okay, well, I'm, I can't take liberties out of this guy. This guy is so much better than I thought he was going to be. He's switching stances. Like I don't know, Team Fury obviously didn't know that Francis Ngannou could switch it as well. I didn't fucking know he could switch it. And I've watched, uh, you know, UFC in the past. Can't remember him switching that much, but he was switching beautifully. It wasn't like he was switching at the right times. You know, there's switches out there like Kid Galahad, for example. Who started switching at the wrong time, then he got nailed by Kiko Martinez and knocked out. But he was switching at the right times, very subtle, and they uh, kept his shape. And you know, it, 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 honestly, I'm, I'm still in shock now thinking about it. I know. But but Tyson Fury thought, you know what? I've got to go back to basics here. I'm the champion. I'm the man. Got behind the jab and basically won won that round on a jab. Didn't throw too many backhands, as far as I can remember, and just jabbed his head off. And I thought, this is it. This is where Fury takes over. No more fucking about with this guy. Been knocked over. No more fucking about. I'll, I'll fight I'll fight long. I'll fight long and I'll win this fight easily on my jab. That's what I thought was going to happen. Sixth round. Johnny B? I'll give it to Fury. 10-9. It was a close round. It was a close round. Um, Fury again. He got behind the jab. Um, he throws more. He lands more. However, Ngannou lands one more power punch than Fury if you go by CompuBox. Um, I, I had to watch it three times. I, I scored it the same as I scored it on the night when I watched it. Um, I just felt like Fury old manned him a little bit. I thought it was just a little bit more cleverer in the exchanges. It was a little bit more eye-catching. He'd done a little bit more work at the end of the round. And uh, yeah, I stand by it. I think I'll give Fury that round just though. Quiet. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I totally agree, mate. It, it wasn't as convincing as round five, but I thought it was convincing enough. If you have a look at you know twenty three punches thrown, nine landed, thirty nine percent of his shots are landing, and you know, and Garnu's throwing a lot, and again the crowd are getting all hyped up, and people at ringside and the commentators are getting hyped up, but when you really watch it and take the emotion out of it, he's not landing much in Garnu really throughout the fight. He wasn't landing a great deal in most of the rounds, and uh, definitely lost round six. So now now Fury is one point up for me, so I gave Fury round six as well. Yep, I gave Fury round six as well. Just a few extra jabs for me. However, he's a cheating cunt, any Fury sometimes. I mean, like the elbow <laughs> is in that round, and I don't know if you've seen the elbow, but yep. that is a blatant fucking elbow and ting, blatant <laughs> elbow, you know. He goes to throw the punch and then he retracts it and goes downwards, and the elbow goes in. But also, right, not just the elbow, you, you can have your say on the elbow, right? But not only that, right? I was watching it in that round and he'd done this thing where I thought, oh, that was like the Dillian White knockout. So he he punched and then he pushed him back, right? And then I watched another slow-mo and he'd done it again. Yeah. And then I watched other rounds and he was doing it. He does it all the time. I've never noticed he does it. He punches and then he pushes them back. So if they're trying to counter, you're fucked because you're being pushed back. So, yeah, mate, that's pure cheating in my eyes. 
Dillian White said about the uppercut, the knockout. Once you hit him with a knockout with the uppercut, he pushed him back, didn't he? So yeah. effectively, with rules, you're not allowed to do that. So Dillian White was crying about that. So maybe uh, there was some truth in what he was saying. But yeah, I even feel like at this point, when I was looking at the fight, I, I, we've scored it the same, all three of us up until now. I was still like looking at Ngannou thinking, you're not faced right. by this guy. Like even when Ngannou had the calculated pressure coming forward, he wasn't taking a lot of damage. I agree. He wasn't throwing loads. He wasn't able to connect with loads of, of loads of punches, but he wasn't being hit. He wasn't being peppered. A lot of shots that Fury was throwing, they was missing. He couldn't find a target. And where usually Fury will throw, miss, grab his opponent, lean on them, you know, wear them down. He wasn't able to do that. There were, I think it was, it might have been this round, but there was a point where they clinched and then Ungano just wrapped up Fury's hand. And I just see Fury look to the ref. It was like a child looking to a teacher, like, miss, can you t- tell this boy to get off me? It's like, he couldn't do nothing. He couldn't shake out of it. He had to look to the ref and you're going to make him stop this. So yeah, I, I felt that even though Fury was winning the rounds, his mouth was open wide and uh, yeah, he just, didn't look like he was in control of the fight still, in my opinion. Yeah, but it don't matter. It's not a wrestling match, is it? It's not a fucking jujitsu match. Like, whether he was being ragdolled or not is irrelevant. It's about how many punches you, you throw and how many you land. It's just boxing. Yeah, it's a big problem, though, Kaya. He's never been in the ring with someone who's stronger than him, really. I mean, maybe he has, but I mean, he's never looked to be um, manhandled by anyone, has he? Can you ever think when he's ever been manhandled, like, no one. Yeah. So uh, the first time he's come in there with someone who's probably like miles stronger than him. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he's a unit, isn't he? So that that did play a factor. Mm. It's it's, stre- it's as well. It's strength and it's um it's belief. Because as you say, sometimes you see fighters they get in the ring and they're beaten before they've even got in the ring. But at not one point in this whole fight has Ungarnu doubted himself. The way he was coming forward, the way he was looking into Fury's eyes, how wide his mouth was open, the way he was breathing, like looking at his corner. This was a guy that had a will to win. As you say, not everyone gets in the ring with Fury with a will to win. They're defeated before they get in the ring. But I'm saying that in terms of perception because it plays into the 7th and the 8th round and there's a bit of a change in the fight now. I think we're probably going to agree. So far, I can't believe we've all agreed on the same rounds. I know, it's fucking boring, isn't it? I thought we were going to be different. Okay, so uh, seventh round. Um, seventh round. <laughs> okay, so seventh round, Johnny B. They land the same amount of punches. Uh, Ngannou uh, throws more punches, but they land the same amount of punches. Ngannou lands one more power punch. I think that was Ngannou round for me. Kaya? Yeah, no, I agree. This is one of the swing rounds for me. This, along with if round two and the last round, I think were, were swing rounds. So, listen, let, I want to say this first and foremost, right? All those that are crying, it's a robbery. The MMA crowd, I'm sorry to tell you, like we've seen robberies in the fucking boxing ring. This ain't no robbery either way, right? So let's just no. get that out there straight away. There's no robbery happened here. There's been there's been many robberies in boxing, but this certainly wasn't one. And round seven was a was a real swing round. I had to watch it three times. In the end, I went with Ngarno because I thought he was a bit busier. And I, by this point at this point, I'm thinking, where is this guy getting, you know, the extra extra gas tank from Ngarno? He's never done this form of, you know, combat sports before. We've heard it from Dan Hardy talking about it. I heard George Groves talking about it today, different energy systems. So I don't know, like, where is he getting this, this, this extra gas tank from? It's like he found a complete new lease of life in round seven, and he's push pushing the action. It was a close round, but I agree with John. I gave it to Ingarner as well. 
So I've got it dead even now. This is getting fucking boring. <laughs> and Garner as well for me, purely because of the activity in the uh, first minute. Yeah, certainly more overpowering, certainly more, you know, on the front foot, pushing him back. And uh, yep, seventh round and Garner for me. Eighth round, I think I know what we're all going to say here. Yeah, eight round, hundred percent on Garnu. Throws more, lands more, lands more power punches. I will say, you know, you're saying about Garnu's gas tank. I mean, where the fuck was Furies? So you sound like where's he got his? A, he was a fat mess, fat mess, John. He come in a fat mess. I've never seen him so out of shape. That's where, that's where his gas he was tank in, went. He was in the same shape, Kaya, against Garnu as he was against Wilde. He weighed the same. I don't buy it, mate. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying. He was out of shape. I'm buying. I'm looking at this before, because we can talk about this after, right? This was just a bad performance. I don't think he was out of shape. He weighed the same. He, really? He's tight, nah, mate. He's tight, nah, mate. I'm looking at, I'm looking at this, because I'm telling you right now, mate, sometimes father time catches up with you. It really does. This ain't like football. You have nah, a bad... fucking turn it in, son. Turn it in. Kaya. He's younger than fucking Ngannou. Ngannou ain't fought for two years. Damage. The damage he's taken again, in the world of fight, you don't get dropped like that against the hardest... Whatever hitting uh, puncher in his the damage he took against Wilder, the miles on the clock, the sparring. When these M- MMA fighters fight, they ain't taking concussive punches to the head in the boxing ring. They're all doing arm wraps and kimuras and doing stuff with their legs. This Tyson Fury, the amount of punches he's taken to the head in his career, he's been fighting since he was a child. So, oh, I'm just saying, sometimes in boxing, all of a sudden, boss, you grow old, old overnight. It's unlike most sports. Overnight, you can grow old. In that ring, so many things were off. So many things were missing. So when you're looking at Ngannou's gas tank, you want to be looking at Fury's gas tank, mate. And why? Why was it like that? Listen, I'll tell you what happened with Fury's gas tank was nervous energy. Drained it. From round three, when he got knocked over by a fella, and he's looking round, all the superstars in the world are watching him on, you know, on his back, on his backside. And... I think the nervous energy just drained his gas tank from there on in. He was throwing jabs. I've never seen Fury do this. Throwing jabs, breaking the distance, rushing in and then holding in Lawrence Acoli style. I know the Fight Disciples said that. They said a lot of stuff that I've written down and I'd wrote that down as part of my notes. I couldn't believe that Tyson Fury, the fighting man, you know, from the traveler stock, the fighting man, he never backs down from a challenge. He never, you know... He's always there to fucking throw back if someone's throwing at him. He was throwing a jab, breaking a distance, and grab him. Never seen the like of it. Never seen the like of it. Because Ungarnu, and we've got to give the devil his due here, Ungarnu, right, he was so comfortable in that mid-range. So fucking comfortable. Happy to step in, willing to take one. And like even I felt like the shape of his, his upper body, the way he held his hands up by his chin, he had his chin tucked in, throwing punches, keeping his uh, shoulder high so he was protecting his chin at all times. The timing, throwing when uh, Tyson Fury was throwing, so comfortable in the mid-range, it was stressing Fury. It was stressing Fury. Yeah, he drained his didn't know whether to go backwards, didn't know whether to go forward. He was the rabbit in the headlights, Tyson Fury with his mouth open, doing all crazy stuff, clinching, holding, uh, rabbit punches, hitting after the break, elbows, all coming from Fury. So it's all perception that plays into the judges. So we're going to say this you after with the results, talking about was it a robbery or not? Eh, I don't know. Because when you start perception with all these things that's go, going on, when you've got these close rounds, you have to give them to Ngannou. Because if all this other stuff is going on, what I've just mentioned, and there's a close round, to do with it. 
Come see special things you do with it. It's nah. general ship, son. It's how you mark a fight. It's nah, nothing to do with it. It's a fact. It's Queensbury rules. Talking shit. What I'm talking <laughs> shit by telling you about Queensbury rules, how you judge a fight. Imposing your will and imposing your style on another fighter. So when you want to start talking about making the other guy do something because of your style, which Nganu was doing, right? Nganu got to land punches, John. He was all that doesn't mean fuck all if you don't hit the person in the face or in the you know downstairs. Doesn't matter if you're you know imposing your will and you know ragdolling him and you know moving him around with your feet. This is boxing. I've got the CompuBox stats here with the rounds that I've given. I've Garnu. got the fucking CompuBox fucking stats and all. So what are you chatting about then? <laughs> well, we'll talk about them in a minute. Then the CompuBox stats. Let's go then. Fucking hell, mate. <laughs> you going on about man? Fuck knows. What round are we on? We on the ninth yet? We're... All right. Yeah. All right. So what are we on now? Seven and eight. So Nganu, I've got Nganu now. One round. Who'd you give? You gave eight to Nganu as well. Props, didn't you? Oh, yeah, you got to, yeah. Um, yeah, well, let's have some parliamentary procedure here. You've had your little tiff. <laughs> right, we'll get on to round nine then. So I'm going to start off with, I think Fury uh, looked a little bit better in that round. And um, yeah, in general, I'll just give it to Fury. Again, tight round, like none of these, other than the eighth round and the um, third round, none of them were really cut and dry. But um, yeah, ninth round, uh, Fury for me. Right, so I think Francis Ngannou tried to get him out there in the eighth. You can tell that by the punches thrown. 39 punches, his most most active round in the fight. He obviously felt like he he caught him with something and he went for it and um, didn't get him out there. And I think he'd done his beans in the ninth. Francis Ngannou just looked like he'd done his beans as well. And I thought it was was quite an easy round to score. I, I gave it to Fury quite clearly, really. Completely agree. Got yourself to back together. Yeah, he was sort of yeah, he was pu- pushing the action. He threw, threw more. He landed more. More power punches. He just looked more composed in that round, didn't he? Tyson Fury ninth mm. round. Then we go into the tenth round. It's dead even now. Yeah. So this is it. This is the big this one. Is our fucking lesson. <laughs> Let's go. Right. So I thought it was a very hard to call round, but I thought Engano just just done enough and I watched it twice um well three times if you count the other day as well um yep yeah, and I just just thought Nganu done enough by the skin of his teeth you know Johnny B what you're saying you want to go to me or do you want to go to Kaya <laughs> John wants to go last go on he wants the fucking floor go on give him the floor I'll go next I'll go next I'll go next right so, again, I'll refer back to my favourite podcast out there. Hopefully, we can grow our numbers as big as the Fight Disciples. I love those guys. I think they're brilliant. Yeah. Passion, everything that they do on there. But I don't agree with either of them on this round. Neither of them landed anything significant. Um, we can look at the punch stats. You know, Nganu was just throwing, but landing nothing. And we'll talk about the Superman punch that everyone's raving on about, right? Didn't land. What's the fucking point? You know, great. You've done a Superman punch, but didn't land it. It's like throwing a spinning back fist and someone ducking underneath it or someone throwing a kick and it misses just about, or you throw a left hook, it whistles past your nose. It's the same thing. It was, it was a good spectacle. whoop de fucking do right? But it didn't land. So if it didn't land, it don't count. It's that simple. I didn't want to do this after everything that Francis Ngannou did in that fight. But I've watched it three times and I gave the round to Tyson Fury and I scored it 95-94 in favour of Tyson Fury. Honestly, though, if it goes the other way, 
You ain't gonna yeah, hear a complaint from I, me if it's a draw. You're not gonna hear a complaint from me. Kyle, I couldn't, I couldn't go too far against you. It was such a, it was such a close round, and um, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't have a massive argument or debate about that because a lot of people are gonna see it different to a lot of other people. So uh, yeah, um, Johnny, B, oh here Johnny we go, sm- fucking here we Johnny's go. smiling, so here we fucking go. Who do you Come give on, it? Son. He gave it to Bacoli. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, do you know what, right? So in this round, this is this is where scoring a round, scoring boxing is complicated, right? So Fury lands two more punches than Nganu in that in that round. He lands two more punches, right? Two more jabs he lands, right? But in terms of power punches, they land the same. Right. So when the round finishes, now looking back with hindsight with CompuBox stats, are we going to say, oh, because Fury landed two more punches than Nganu did, he actually wins the round, even though the power punches they both landed was exactly the same, two apiece. So then you look at what damage was done from the power punches. Was there more damage from Nganu's than there was Tyson Fury's? Then you can look at the generalship. Who was dominating the round? Who was imposing their will? Who wanted to win that round at the end of the uh, at the end of the fight? Because all I know is I see Ngannou come out that fucking corner, throw a massive left hook followed by, by a right hook. Granted, both of them missed, missed by whiskers, but Fury's on the back foot. Didn't want to know. Didn't engage. Moved the fuck away from Ngannou. Ngannou was the one taking the risks trying to push the fight in the 10th round, yeah? Lands a lovely little body shot. Body shots, it's always hard to judge a body shot, what sort of damage he does, but he lands a really nice body shot. So you start saying, so what's that body shot done there? Because all I know is Fury didn't want to fucking know in that 10th round. So Nganu, you got the 10th round for me, and you, my son, won 95 to 94. But what I will say is this, right? Let me say this. What I will say is this, is that... In the fourth round, where you didn't think it was hard to score, maybe go and have another look at it. Or maybe I need to go and have another look at it. Yeah, you fucking do. I know you don't like doing 10 <laughs> yeah. 10s, but if any, if any round I was going to give a 10 10, it would have been that fourth round. Then I make the thing a draw. However, I stick by it. I think Ngani won it 95 to 94. And as I say, let me just quickly get this out. When you're a judge, I think perception is important. And for me, Ngannou was cool as a cucumber, never phased, stuck to a game plan. I didn't see his shape unraveling. And all I know is that Fury looked like a rabbit in the headlights and he was doing all that stuff, clinching, rabbit punching, elbows. He looked all over the place. Perception plays an important part in all this stuff, man. So I do think Ngannou was robbed and I think he should have had the fucking win. No, not robbed, robbed. That's fucking me. Do you know what I think about when you're saying all of that? Perception plays a role and all that stuff. I think about the Hay Value of fight when Hay ran around the ring and Valueva was just following him around the whole time, right? Hay was just on the back foot, didn't want to clinch, didn't want to engage. He was jabbing, moving across, jabbing, moving across. I think he won it 116, 113. No one could argue. There are fighters that do that because, you know, you don't want to get knocked out in the last round. So you go on your bike a little bit. But if you, if your punch output is better than the others in terms of punches thrown versus landed, yeah. than the other fighter, sorry, then I don't think there's really too much of an argument. I'm arguing with you, bruv. <laughs> I know. And all power punches are landed are not equal. Some have more on it than others, right? So, again, it's down to interpretation. Listen, it's very, very close. I ain't going to, as I say, yeah. I, I just felt like the whole world wanted Ngannou to win. You know, Rampage Jackson saying it's a robbery and all these other people saying it's a robbery. It's, it's utter bollocks. It really is. It's not a robbery. 
Yeah, I'm quite, I'm a little bit conscious of that because I don't want people to think that any of us like despise Fury enough that when we do a score in a fight um, that we want him to lose um, and we make our scorecards tailor to him losing. I don't want any of that, right? Because I'm not about that and you two are not about that. Um, so I have been conscious of that. Um, but yeah, it was a very tight fight. It was just, it was just so tight. I mean, I feel like it would have been great if Ngannou won, but I feel like overall a draw may have been the fairest outcome. Who did you give the last round to, Pops? Uh, Ngannou. Oh, you gave it to Ngannou as well, right? Right. So, yeah. So you had it ninety-five, ninety-four as well, then the same as me. I know I'm in the minority here, chaps. It's a toying cost. The fight was a whole toying cost. I wanted Fury to win because I didn't want the undisputed to go away. You know, maybe now the undisputed is is fucked to a certain degree. Uh, but if you look at the total punches landed, Fury seventy one, uh, Ngannou fifty nine. His punches landed percentage is higher than Ngannou's. Done, not, we've, we've done this. I know. No, I know, John. We've done just it let me finish. Start. Let it me finish. Nothing. Pull your knickers back on. Fucking um, hell, man. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, I know. Look, I, I'm. I. You got. If, if anyone's heard me talk about Tyson Fury in the past, I'm not his biggest fan. I think you know what him do- dodging all the big fights over the years. I think he single-handedly held up the division. I didn't really. I. W- I wanted to give Francis and Garnu the fight. Trust me, I did, but I couldn't do it if I'm being honest about it. And that's what I tried to do. And I think there's a lot of people out there that have scored it to Ngannou because of. Because it was in Ghana, it was an MMA fight. They were shocked of what they were seeing. Every time he landed, it felt like it was a double shot or a triple. No, but amount Kaya, of Kaya, it he felt like that. It was down. too much. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but we gave him ten eight for the fucking round. What do you want me to do? Give him ten to? <laughs> it's fucking ten eight. That's what no, it but is. I'm, I'm saying, like in terms of when you're watching a fight, if there's close rounds and all of a sudden the judges are swinging those rounds to fury. I'm asking the question, why? Because when I look at that fight, in terms of perception and ring generalship, the way I looked at it, Ngannou's called, look at Fury's face. Big black eye cut on his forehead. That doesn't matter. Look at Ngannou's face, not a scratch on him. So who got knocked down? Tyson Fury got knocked down. Whose mouth's wide open doing all this, like, cheating stuff in the fight, trying to win the fight because he couldn't deal with just the the calculated pressure. like that, John. I'm saying this perception... So when you're getting these little swing rounds and you're sitting there saying, oh, it could have gone this way, it could have gone that way, well, the judges must be thinking the same thing. So why did they go the Fury way? Because he Is won the fucking round. They're tight rounds. And I'm saying perception plays you a part. You can't go back and go, right, well, he knocked him down in the third, so I'm going to give him the eighth. I didn't say that. Well, I'm going to give him the ninth. You are not listening, man. You fucking said. You are not, <laughs> not It's done now, isn't it? It's like, oh, look, I want to stop short of saying I wanted Tyson Fury to lose. I don't mean to say that because at the end of the day, I'm old school. I'll support the home fight. I always will. Whether I fucking, if, even if I completely despise him, I try and support. That's what I am. I'm old school like that. So I want to stop short of saying I wanted Tyson Fury to lose. I feel like everything, everyone should be careful what they wish for as well with Tyson Fury and, you know, potentially retiring. You don't want him out of boxing. Nah. Do you want John Fury out of boxing? No way. Do you want Tommy Fury like, and all that bollocks out. No, maybe, maybe that stuff people can can you know take it or leave it. But you know what? What I'm saying is like, you know, everyone is kind of like singing from that sheet. It's like, okay, well, you've held up the fucking division. You know, you banned talk sport. We love Adam Catchell. We love Simon Jordan. You fuck them off. You're now, you know, public enemy number one. You know, you, you get everything. You've everything that you're getting. Now you you know you deserve it. All this bad press and potentially losing the fight, and everyone thinks your legacy is a load of shit. I just think everyone should be careful what they wish for with Tyson Fury because 
you know, love him or hate him, he's, he's needed in the sport, man. He fucking is, right? You know, yeah. whatever whatever you think about him. Yeah, there was um, there was uh, a massive part of me that obviously wanted him to win because I want to see the undisputed. Piece of me wanted him to go on to win because it would have been very interesting and uh, he's the underdog. I do like cheering on the underdog now and again. Uh, but yeah, the undisputed, we need that. So uh, it's good that he's won because now that is happening. However, just before we get on to the Undisputed, and I'm looking forward to delving into another uh, conversation so that you two don't fucking argue anymore, um, I want to know, right, who do you think Nganu beats? Just give me your thoughts on these three names. So, Bacoli, Chisora, AJ. He, he beat out of those three, I reckon, obviously, the biggest chance he has of beating any of those is probably Chisora, a current modern-day Chisora, but I don't think he beats Bacoli. And I don't think he beats AJ. And I, do you know what? I, and as well, I'll, I'll go as far as to say, AJ, that is his next fight. It fucking has to be. It just has to be his next fight. All the narrative is there. He goes in there and knocks him out of the fucking over the top rope, calls Tyson Fury's name. Where's, where's Fury going to go? He's, Fury's like, he's cornered now. It's like checkmate with Tyson Fury. You have to fight Usyk or you have to fight Joshua. You have to. You're not going to fight Ungarnu again because if you go in there and the same thing happens, then you know your name's in the fucking rubble, mate. It's in the rubble. He can't. He's, he's contracted to fight Usyk. He can't do that if he wants to. That's why if you've seen Eddie Hearn, all of a sudden now he's he's the cat that's got the cream. You've seen he smiled now. Frank Warren ain't got that little chirpy smile on his face anymore. It's mad, isn't it? This is boxing. This is why we love boxing as well. But um, look, I agree with what you're saying, guys. I think, yeah, I think Bacoli beats Ngannou. Uh, um, I think Anthony Joshua beats him. But what you said what you said proper about the second round where there was that change of look in Tyson Fury, right, where all of a sudden he thought, fuck, what's going on here? I can't land when I want. This guy's not reacting to all my feints in the way I want him to react. At that moment is when he started to switch it up and he took more risks in the third round. Then he got put on his ass. And then I agree with what Kaya said. He sort of, he came back into the fight, Tyson Fury, sort of knew what he had to do and it became a close fight. I think if Anthony Joshua gets in the fight of him, all of a sudden we all know now what Ngannou's capable of. So this tentative new style of Anthony Joshua, he ain't going to make that mistake that Tyson Fury made from realising in the second round then taking too many risks in the third round and getting caught. So it'll be a more calculated performance from Anthony Joshua. And then, yeah, I think he possibly could stop Ngannou. I think he could stop him. But I don't know, mate. Who knows? I mean, people are still trying to figure out what the fuck has gone on and even trying to work out how good is Ngannou. And it's true. You don't really know. But you say the receipts are there. Nate Diaz, Jake Paul, Anderson Silva, Jake Paul. So it's not like we ain't seen these MMA guys go in the ring with boxers and get their ass handed to them. So why didn't this happen? Was Tyson Fury that bad? Fury must have been that bad because... I think fucking if Usyk was in there, Usyk would have absolutely peppered him all night. I don't think Ngannou would have landed a glove. Um, so Fury was just terrible. But yeah, I think Usyk would have absolutely destroyed him. I think AJ would beat him. I do think AJ would beat him. And um, I think uh, Chisora would give him a good fight. I've got to be honest. And Bacoli, if he swallows that wasp, Bacoli, he's fucking lethal. And I think he'll knock him out as well. <laughs> How good is he with a wasp in his fucking gob? Doing the interview with a wasp in his fucking throat. Instead, <laughs> he, he can still feel it in his throat and he's still standing there talking. Oh, mate, I'm fucking mad, that is, isn't it? But listen, lads, I, I want to look, I want to just add this last piece, right, on this whole Fury and Garner affair, and I'm fucking done, right? 
I want to talk about Fury's rudeness, right? I watched the IFL interview and it was all good that he went and done an interview. I thought it was cowardly that he didn't want to do a post-fight press conference. I thought that showed a lot of cowardly behaviour there. John Fury was the same. I remember watching this interview, Radio Rahim, you know, these these stalwarts of boxing YouTube, Radio Rahim, Coogan Cassius, Fight Hype. He didn't want to really speak to any of them. John Fury gave Radio Rahim two words and then got in the car and fucked off. Like, if anything, I, get, I, had, I had respect for Tommy Fury, stuck around and spoke for a couple of minutes and gave him a little bit of content because us as fans, we all fucking paid £22 to watch that. I think you owe it to all the fans. You know, he, he said before... I don't give a fuck about what Steve from Stevenage thinks about me. Well, listen, mate, Stevie boys fucking just paid 22 pounds to watch you. I think you owe him. You owe fucking Dave from Norwich, fucking Ben from whoever, fucking Rochester, Kaya from London, Johnny B from fucking Essex, fucking Uncle Proper from fucking Uranus. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like you, you owe, you owe us. You owe us a fucking post-fight press conference. You owe the fans that. And he dismissed. You yeah, but well Kaya, to be, Kaya, come on. To be fair, Kaya, when he comes back to Heathrow, they don't roll out the red carpet for him. They don't have a separate <laughs> aisle for him, do they? Do you know what I mean? He, he should be getting that treatment. He should have that fucking red carpet. He should have separate treatment. They should throw flowers at him and say, fucking hell, Fury, we fucking love you. Here you Wait, go, Where's bro. his you know invitation I mean? to 10 Downing Street to, to meet Rishi, <laughs> eh? Do you know what I mean? All the money's pumped into the economy. It's just know. not giving the respect no more. He's a man of the people. He needs this special treat. He needs to go straight through... Uh, What's it call it? Customs. I thought, fucking hell, Fury. You don't do yourselves any favours, bruv. Yeah. This is why people want him to lose. Can I change my scorecard now? Fucking what, hell. What does this say now, though, about Tyson Fury, right? So that, that was a, obviously was a bad performance. Good performance in Garno, bad performance from Tyson Fury. But now going into the Usyk fight for Undisputed, apparently he's been pushed back to February. That came out today. Someone said it today. I think Frank Warren is getting pushed back to February, right? Who wins that fight? And now also you've got Eddie Hearn. I see Ngannou was on the zone today. So obviously they're getting him on the zone, familiar with their DAZN subscribers. I reckon 100%, well, 99%, Anthony Joshua's going to fight Ngannou. Talking about rumble in the jungle. Massive, imagine how massive that could be. Enormous. That's what they're billing it as, right? So that's a huge fight. That's a big money fight. The only other big money fight for Ngannou is to go to Wilder. If I was Ngannou, I'd go the uh, Anthony Joshua route, maybe. But um, but yeah, and but now looking at Fury going to fight Usyk, who's favourite for that fight? I know I've got favourite for the fight. Yeah. So Kaya, I wanted to answer this first because I know your you pick Fury to beat Usyk originally. Has that changed at all? Yes. Yes, it has changed. And I don't like changing. Fucking flip-flopper, man. The reason it's changed is I see mannerisms from Fury in that ring that showed that he didn't really want to know. Holding, grabbing, didn't want to get into that firefight. And if you're doing that against someone like Ngarni, imagine when Usyk's peppering you from left to right, dancing around you. He's going to look for a way out. And I never thought I'd say that about Tyson Fury, especially after the Wilder fights. I think Usyk's going to be too much for him. It'll just be way too much for him. And I've changed my mind and I think, you know, I don't want to be one of those fickle fans, but I think at the moment, yeah, at the moment, Usyk wins that fight. I'd be surprised if Fury even fucking takes the fight. I think he might just vacate and fuck it off. I think that's a big chance of that happening. Yeah. Really? Johnny B? 
I'd go for Usyk. I just think, do you know what? I just think sometimes it catches up with you. I like that. If if he he was the same weight as he went into the Wilder fight, did he was did the, the Usyk fight was sitting there? We see it with Anthony Joshua and Ruiz when he had that you know the the big fight, a Wilder fight ahead of him. Sometimes they take their eye off the ball, but something was missing: the timing, the belief. Yeah, just the patience, the ring IQ. I think he was getting out full at times with, with Ngannou. Fucking weird. Weird. I will say, when he fights Usyk, he will be able to throw miss, close the distance, grab a hold of Usyk, and he'll hold him more comfortably than he could obviously hold Ngannou. So that's a massive difference in the fight. However, Usyk is very clever in the clinch. The way he sort of flings his arms and his shoulders and understanding the contours of his body and his opponent's body to get out of it and unravel. Very, very clever and cute, making sure when he gets out of a clinch, he's always on the right side defending himself. So, interesting, interesting. But just for work rate, um, just for, yeah, work rate, speed, athleticism, just thinking of a fight that's going to go to the trenches. I've got, I've got Usyk. I've got Usyk now. Based on that last performance from Fury, I've got Usyk. Really? Really? Both changing your tune, are you? You're both coming over to old proper <laughs> side, I see. Fucking hell. All right, then. Well, yeah, my, my, obviously my prediction hasn't changed. I'm seeing, uh, as I said before, I think Usyk would be too too much for him in terms of he just, I think you pepper him all night, run around him. Um, and um, I don't think Fury will be able to, have his way with him because I think Usyk will always be able to get out of the way. In terms of the actual, if the fight happens and and whatnot, I don't know. I don't know. You know, Fury was a fucking broken man after that. Um, after that fight, he was broken. Yeah. And um, I mentioned it in. I haven't released this video yet, or maybe I have by the time anyone's listened to it. But the last time he come off a bad um, a bad performance where people think people thought he lost was John McDermott. He did fucking lose. And yeah, but he got the win. But even then, he didn't go straight back into the rematch. He had a couple of fights as a warm-up, right? And um, and then he got the win. You can't do that now, though, Unc. And he He's hasn't cornered. got that luxury this time. And Usyk is not John fucking McDermott. No. So, um, yeah, I think, um, I think a lot of people will be changing their tune, actually. I think Fury's mm. fucked, mate. Because I'll tell you this now. I feel that he's had six title defences, right? Three of them against the same guy, Wilder. And two of them against guys that he's already beat, all right? Chisora and Wilder. So when you look at his body of work, it's just like, nah, he has to fight and beat Usyk. He has to fight and beat Anthony Joshua, especially if Anthony Joshua goes in there and knocks out Ngannou. People will do the triangle. So in terms of... Fury's legacy being intact. He has to go and beat Usyk and he has to go and beat Anthony Joshua. And I'm looking at him now going, if this is it, if if Father's Time's caught up with you overnight, which happens to boxers, fuck me if you've got two hard fights in front of you to secure your legacy. Really interesting to see what he does now. He'd probably be better off just going and retire. But I don't think he's about that. I think with the whole mental health and sitting at home yeah. with all these hundred children that he's got and that, I think they drive him up the wall. Um, he don't take criticism lightly. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what well, happens. Hopefully, hopefully he uses that for good. Do you know what I mean? Hopefully he looks at it and goes, right, okay, you all think I fucking lost that fight? I'll show you. Hopefully he gets that attitude. And um, Can you imagine, though, he locks himself away now for 12, 16 weeks, gets a nutritionist in. He, no, he didn't have no nutritionist for Ngannou. I reckon he was down the fucking boozer having Sunday lunches and a few pints on a fucking Sunday. 
Do you know what I mean? I, there was no way he had a nutritionist for that. He, he looked fucked after six, seven rounds. Imagine he goes away now, 16 weeks, comes back and schools Usyk. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Fucking hell. Hopefully he has that sort of buzz inside him and say, all right, I'll fucking show you. And he comes out and has the Usyk fight. And regardless of who wins the Usyk fight, hopefully he fights AJ afterwards because um, that fight will be there. It's bad times for the Fury family, mate, because his old resume ain't looking that great, mate. Wilder, like, who the fuck has Wilder beat as well? Yeah. We've said it a million times, haven't we? Like, Wilder, when you look at that guy's resume, his resume don't stand up. Pants, absolute pants. One trick pony, I give him that. It's a great trick that he's got, that big punch. But when you look at his, his resume, Wilder, it don't stack up. So if Wilder then goes in there with Joshua and he loses to Joshua, Fury's resume and his legacy is on thin fucking ice. Thin ice. It's already on thin ice. It's like they helped each other out, both both of them with padded records. You know, Wilder only took the first Fury fight. I mean, Wilder had fought nobody before that first Fury fight. He saw him as a fat mess. Thought, you know what? I'll fucking knock this geezer out in three rounds. He's been inactive for three years. He's, you know, lost 10 stone. He's easy. As soon as I land, it's over. And that's why Wilder took the Fury fight. He didn't know Fury was going to be able to do yeah. that to him. Yeah. And before then, Wilder hadn't had a mandatory defence for two years. Completely padded record. He'd only then... ever fought a fighter that was ranked six before the Fury fight. And that was Luis Ortiz. And he go. had a do or die with Luis Ortiz, who was about 58. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And he nearly lost by about five seconds in the first fight. And, and, and the stars aligned for both of them. Tyson Fury comes out of in retirement, beat well, draws with Wilder. That draw with Wilder is what set up the second fight. Then they have a humdinger. Or no, and then he goes and batters Wilder to fucking smithereens. Then you had Watergate, fucking uh, Mark Breland, all that stuff. And all the narratives being built for these three, two, these two with the biggest padded records in boxing to have this yeah. trilogy. And all of a sudden... Yeah. They're, yeah. they're the two, like they're in the top five, both of them of heavyweights in the world. Uh, yeah. Based on what? Just just narratives being built. Yeah. But narratives being built, like fortunate narratives as well. Tyson Fury getting up in the 12th round. And it's like these two have just hoodwinked. Wilder and Fury have hoodwinked the boxing world for years without really taking any proper tests. Louder. Say it louder. Tell it your brother. <laughs> Tell it your brother. Right? And then in meanwhile, you've got AJ over there failing, like, forgetting to like, go, you know what? I'll fight Usyk. I'll fight Usyk. I'm, I'm not dropping the WBO. Fuck that. I don't care how good this geezer is. Goes in there, fights him, you know, loses convincingly, then goes in there, puts a really good effort in the second time, loses again. Then you've got Usyk going to the WBSS fighting all these monsters. And in meanwhile, you've got Fury and fucking Wilder for five years fucking, you know, dancing around with each other. And all of a sudden, they're the, they're the greatest. Yeah, fuck all that bollocks, man. I'm, I'm tired of talking about it. That's what I'm it. saying. It's on thin ice now. It's on thin ice. Fucking interesting times, man. Interesting times. AJ come out that dark room Saturday night, didn't he? <laughs> Eddie was knocking on the door. He's like, fucking AJ, get out of here, bruv. You don't believe what's going on. <laughs> I think fucking Fury was oh, in that mate. room with him, mate, because he looked like a fucking pit pony, mate, in the ring. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think we've done that to death, but, um, yeah, very interesting times, very interesting times. So, um, yeah, we'll just touch on the old undercard a little bit as well. I think um, I'll just sum it up here. Um, Bacoli, very good performance, very good. Uh, look forward to what's next for him. Uh, Parker, yeah, not bad. I mean, well, we look very good, to be fair, but, you know, opponent-wise, yeah. Mahmoudov, 
fucking scary fucker that bloke is. You see that twitch he's got? Fuck it. You wouldn't want to meet him in a dark alley, would you? Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, he looked, he looked good. I'm looking forward to his future as well. But the one that we were all very interested in and probably the reason that 75% of people tuned in to Saturday night, if I'm totally honest, um, Wardley versus Adelaide. Um, thoughts on the fight, Johnny B? Um, a super exciting fight. I love Fabio Wardley. Has he got flaws? Yes. Is he exciting? Yes. Came to fight. He pushed the action. He put Adelaide on his back foot and uh, willing to take one to give one. I, just, I, 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 I love Fabio Wardley. Don't know how far he can go. Like after the fight, I was uh, looking at like what type of fighters he can fight. And in terms of fringe world level, right? So you've got Wallin, you've got Parker, you've got Chisora, you obviously White, Hergovic, Caballel, Justin Hooney, I'm thinking he's over at the zone, Gassiev, Bacoli. I think, can he beat any of those guys? Is he at that level? I know Fraser Clark got in the ring after. He's been on Sky Sports, Fabio Wardley. They look like they're going to make the Fraser Clark fight. I think you fancy Fraser Clark, don't you, proper? But yeah, no, I, I think a great I fight. I've got to um, stop you there. I just think um, I, I did say that Fraser Clark would give a better account of himself than David Adelaide. That's what I said. And um, I do think that that question has been answered, really, with Adelaide's performance. But go on, carry on anyway. Sorry. Yeah, I'll I just say, um, uh, Adelaide, keep doing what you're doing. It was entertaining. I thought you, you, you built the fight. You sold the fight. Levels to this game, I think that Fabio Wardley beats you 10 times out of 10, in my opinion, unless you have a puncher's chance. I think pushing the ref was a bit uh, outrageous at the end. And I don't know, I don't know if he's been too humble in defeat, Adelaide, but whatever the fuck you're doing, keep doing it. You came to fight, you, you did load up and you swung some punches. You didn't just completely go into your shell. So uh, I, I watch Ad- Adelaide again, uh, you know, every day of the week, mate. So uh, super exciting fight. Can't wait to see Fabio Wardley fight next. Sign me up, take yeah. my money. John said it all. I don't want to don't want to regurgitate lo, lo, you know most of that, but yeah, I agree with agree with most of it. Go on, Johnny B. Ben Davison today. I watched an interview and he said he thinks that they might try and do Joe Parker v Fabio Wardley on the Usyk v Tyson Fury undercard. Yeah. I'll throw that early one to you two now. You two speak. Who wins that fight, Joe Parker or Wardley? Interesting. Ooh, ooh, that is a sexy one, actually. Um, I will say just first of all that, um, yeah, I thought Fabio Wardley was brilliant. He was very patient. Um, Adelaide, yeah, I mean, he, he kind of was at the level that I thought he was at, really. He's good. He's just not to Fabio Wardley's level. Um, he was swinging and missing like he does a lot. Um, so, yeah, um, Fabio Wardley, full credit to him. And I... Yeah, he's impressed me more and more, Fabio Wardley, man. I did not see him getting this far with only four white-collar fights, so fucking fair play. Even though that jumper he sent me is fucking shit. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Um, oh, Fabio Wardley versus Joe Parker. Oh, I would Well, I would want Fabio Wardley to win. However, I've got to say, I don't... I don't know. It's a tough one, <laughs> isn't it? You know, that's a good fight, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit on the fence, but I'm going to say I think Parker's just got too much for him. Just with that bundles of experience that Parker's got. Um, yeah, bundles of experience for Parker. So I just think he edges it. Kyle? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the Wardley Adelaide fight. I'll just give you two minutes on it, right? I think 
I, I sent a tweet out to David Adelaide. He said, well, thanks for the support, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. So I stuck a tweet underneath. I just thanked him. Thanked him for the entertaining build-up. Yeah, he was brilliant. I did. I said, thank you for the build-up. Keep doing what you're doing, man. You're putting bums on seats, something along those lines. And um, uh, fighters, take note. Do what David Adelaide does. And I, do you know what? You gave it the big and you come up short. I don't care because you entertain me. So you know. Did you send that off of the, the, the proper uh, boxing? Yeah. I sent one and all. Did you? What do you think we're trying to fucking suck oh, him off? trying to fucking bum him. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably thinking, drop me out, boys. <laughs> well, look, he fucking, well, look, we both got, you know, quite emotionally attached to the fight in the end. It was like, you know, yeah, you know, you sent yours, I sent mine, but it's, I really felt like I needed to send it. <laughs> and I nearly sent him a pair of my drawers in the fucking post as well. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, yeah. listen. Like, so the fight, fight went as it went. I like the way when he got when he got ironed out. He's lying there with his tongue hanging out of his mouth, joking about it, things like that. You know what I mean? That's that's an image that he'll look back on if he ever gets to win a British title or move on in his career. I think the perfect fight for David Allen now. Give him Dave Allen. Give him Dave Allen next. Fucking big fight. You can promote it. They'll get in each other's faces. Good press conference. Why not? Yeah, I think that's quite, that's a decent fight for him. And uh, Wardley should fight Fraser Clark, settle that score. Well, oh, so you don't think you don't think the uh, Parker fight um, should be next for Wardley then, Kyle? If you're going to ask me now, I think that Parker fight might be a little bit too soon because I think Wardley could be hit. Yeah, can be hit. Um, and I think Joe Parker looked really, really good. I've always been a massive fan of Joe Parker. I know it was against a bit of an ice cream. Do you know what I mean? He was a bit of a melt when he the fella. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, I thought he looked really good. When he picks his punches, I think he looks sensational, Joe Park. He just lacks what I've always said he lacked. Yeah. He's a rocket up his fucking anus. I totally he agree. He just lacks it. Do you know what I mean? So if he gets the bites down on his gum shield and go, you know what? I've got four or five years left of this career. I'm going to go for it. I don't give a fuck. I've already been knocked out by Joe Joyce. Let's just put our foot down now and start trying to iron these people out because he's heavy, heavy enough hitter. He's qu- quick hands, great punch picker. And I, if I'm Fabio Wardy, I don't need to take that fight right now. You know, you're on a crest of a wave. Just take a fight. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Carlos Takam. Feed him a Carlos Takam or something. A name. You know what I mean? You don't need to be going in there with Joe Parker. Don't get me wrong. I love the fight. But if I'm Fabio Wardy's management, I don't. I don't do that right now. And who's his management, by the way? Is he fucking going back to it's Eddie? Dillian White, isn't it? Is he he's with now? Dillian White, isn't he? Um, Fabio Wardley. I mean, he's with Matchroom. He's a broadcaster. And yeah, it's all a bit, yeah, it's supposed to be Matchroom and his own, but I think things are a bit up in the air at the minute. If Frank offers him something decent, he might be on his way. Eddie was speaking the other day in an interview and he said, like, he said, Fabio Wardley's going to do what Fabio Wardley's going to do. So it didn't really sound like it was concrete that he was going to come back to Matchroom. Um, but yeah, I was just going to say there, um, I think. Um, Parker fight just a bit too soon, maybe in a couple of fights. Um, and um, it's just just because, like, the, the white-collar background, you know what I mean? I, I, like, he's, he, he deserves he, – he's allowed to have just a couple more fights. So, um, Parker fight in a couple of fights' time. Um, Fraser Clark next for me. And on the David Adelaide front, I think um, I'd love to see him in with either Solomon Dakers or, in a couple of fights' time, Big Johnny Fisher. Go on, Johnny boy. 
Go on, Johnny. What are you saying? Yeah. What do you reckon on that fight? It's great shot. That's an excellent it's fight. Good shot. That's good a good shot. That is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's an excellent fight. You know, David Adelaide's what he's had. It's his 30th fight now um, after losing that fight. Johnny Fisher's had 10 fights. You know, they're quite evenly matched. I feel, that could be a bit of a firefight, you know. It really could. could be for I mean, Johnny Fisher's the Southern Area champion right now. So there's something for David, David Adelaide to, to fight for there as well. Yeah. I could just see Johnny Fisher pushing him back and throwing wild punches. But you know what? You've seen Adelaide just slip and hook. I can't remember who he knocked out, but someone on the back foot, he fucking turned their lights out. So if Johnny Fisher goes flying across the ring, starts throwing, you know, like some big haymakers, he's going to have to be switched on, switched on, because something will come back. Yeah, but do you know what, Johnny? Johnny B, um, I think Fabio Wardley was right in the in the uh, in the press conference before the fight. So as soon as David Adelaide gets clocked with one, he goes on the back foot a little bit, starts circling mm. around. And one thing Johnny Fisher yeah. does is just come forward, right? Comes forward, yeah. educated pressure. Um, he's getting better with each fight. I think he's very very heavy handed. Yeah. If you if you know put a gun to my head now, I think I think Johnny Fisher beats Adelaide. Sign me up. I do. Take my money, mate. I'm all over that. Sign me up as well. I totally agree. Um, maybe one more. And then, um, yeah, I think after Adelaide's had one more as well, um, that fight's a Frank and Eddie, belter. though. Frank and Eddie going to do that. Yeah. Well, who knows? Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I think that about covers it on the old Fury and Garner undercard. So, um, yes, lastly, but not least, Cordina versus Vasquez. So, again, we won't get too far into this, but shit build-up, I'm just going to say. I don't know if it was overshadowed by the Fury and Garnu fight. Maybe it was a bit difficult for them to cut through the noise with that going on. But, um, yeah, it's not a bad fight. It's not a bad fight. For me, I'm going to say it right now, um, predictions-wise, I think Cordina's just going to hammer him. Vasquez is good but um, he is not a big puncher at all. He hasn't got a lot of pop behind his punches. And I think you really, really need that to beat Cordina. Um, like Rakimov, obviously Rakimov didn't beat him, but Rakimov is strong. Um, he does have that pop. He can get the knockout. And there was times when it was becoming a little bit of a difficult fight for Cordina. He won well, but, you know, that was the way to that's the way to beat Cordina. You need to have some serious zap behind your punches. You need to be on him all the time. And um, yeah, I think Vasquez is a very is a decent little boxer. But yeah, for me, I think Cordina's just going to wash him away, really. Um, possibly a late knockout. Um, but yeah, I think easy night for Cordina. Johnny B? Yeah, that Vasquez, I've watched some highlights of him. He's a good fighter. He's a crafty fighter. Good movement, like a lot of super featherweights. Got good movement. Um, high guard, throws a lot of punches, puts the pressure on. I watched him in a fight against Raymond Ford, and towards the end, he was constantly put, putting the pressure on. Didn't care about getting hit, but like you say, doesn't hit hard. And Joe Cordina is on the crest of a wave, the Agara fight, the Rackamon fight. He's just unbelievable. Snappy punches, popping his punch, can switch hit. Just it's eye cool, just IQ, just cool the cucumber in the ring. Cordina is the real deal, but. Is this one of those fights? You see that O'Shea Foster, that fight that he had with Hernandez? Unbelievable. If you ain't seen that fight, guys, go and watch that fight, especially the 11th round. You can see that on our Twitter account, proper podcast. Um, but yeah, so apparently that's going to be the unification. That's going to be the fight next, unless Cordina goes the wood route. 
But um, so is he going to have one eye on this big unification and take his eye off the ball against Vasquez? Maybe, maybe. But I doubt it. I doubt it myself. He's only got three knockouts. He's only got three knockouts as well. That Vasquez. That sort of worries yeah. me for his. Do you know what I don't like, though? This is in Monaco. I ain't a fan of the fights in Monaco. I don't know what you guys think about it. I just oh, I don't like it. I don't like the scenery. I don't like the background. 200, like, rich fucking... Weird environment, isn't it? I don't like it. It's like these 200 rich people watching the fucking poor people pull, them, pull each other to shreds or something. I don't like it. I don't like that background, man. But, uh, yeah, Cordina win for me. It does feel like that, did it? Do you know, like, them 1920s movies... When you got Django. fucking, when you <laughs> got, got Django, isn't it? You know, know like, you fucking, <laughs> he's like yeah. Django Unchained. Yeah, like, women sitting around with fucking women sitting around with feathers and a yeah. big fucking, yeah, like a big fucking hat on, like like patting exactly. themselves down with these fucking big yeah. giant feathers. Geezer sitting around with bow ties, asking yeah. asking waitresses to bring him it's a like fucking glass of champagne. Stone. It's like while the peasants. Peasants get in the ring and fucking have a little tum- a rumble for their fucking That's exactly enjoyment. How I feel. That's what it feels yeah. like to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I feel like it's a bit of a disrespect to Joe Cordina sticking him on this card. Because you're not a fan of anyone else on your roster to, to headline this. Joe Cordina should be one of your front runners now. Yeah. What happened to Zelfa Barrett fight? Couldn't they make that fight? Zelfa Barrett ain't fought since April. Is he injured? If he's injured, I'm, you know, obviously I didn't know if he was injured if he is, but far as I'm not, I'm aware he's not injured. So why not make that fight? That would have been a brilliant fight to make. I get the feeling that that Monaco show, I feel like there may be a lot of money thrown at Eddie to put that on in Monaco. Do you know what I mean? So uh, that's probably what's enticing them to do Course it. Of course there is. Yeah. They've, they obviously he's thrown George, Joe Cordina a, a nice little chunk as well and he's gone, fuck it, I might as well beat this this ranked ninth in the IBF, the voluntary defence just go and beat him up for fucking four or five rounds and then take my money and fuck off home. That's all it is, isn't it? But listen, if anyone owes Monaco a decent fight, it's Eddie Hearn. Because Eddie Hearn was the guy that brought Malik Scott v. Luis Ortiz to Monaco. And I've got to be honest you that's the worst fucking fight I've ever seen in my life. So he probably owes them one, yeah? <laughs> Didn't fucking Chisora fucking stink the gaff out against Caballero yeah, here as well? I was just going to sure say, was that... Yeah, was that the same night that Chisora lost to Caballel? Because, fuck, you know, that was painful as well. However, I think on that card as well um, was uh, Bivol before he was kind of a name and he fought this Australian geezer. I forget his name, but fuck, you know, watch that knockout. He absolutely cleaned him out. And that's when everyone went, God, this Bivol's a bit good. Um, but yeah, it's a weird old show that Monaco show. It is. You're right. It's kind of like Django Unchained, like the old fucking yeah. Watching the peasants fight. Yeah. Go on, John. Don't just spend like whatever one minute on this. Yeah, but isn't it weird now? Chris Eubank Senior has just popped up with Harlem Eubank. Oh yeah. And now all of a sudden, there's sly little jibes going over at Chris Eubank Junior, and like they're trying to push and force. The Conor Ben fight, obviously Harlem Eubank fights at 140, just about to move up to 147. By the way, I love Harlem Eubank in the ring. I think he's an amazing fighter, switch hitter, calculated, throws different types of punches, uh, timing, temper. I love Harlem Eubank, but don't really hit that hard. So I don't know what the fuck would happen if he, he fought uh, Conor Ben. However, find it weird. There was little slide digs going at Chris Eubank Jr. But obviously now he's managing... Uh, Harlem Eubank. So, um, yeah, if their relationship was, was damaged before, you know, I'm talking about Chris senior and Chris junior. It's definitely fucked now after him doing that. 
I thought it was really disrespectful. I mean, I know he's a little bit burnt by being sort of cut cut away from the training team and cut away from the management. Um, you know, obviously he's got close attachment to Harlem because he's his own brother and his brother passed away. So there's there's a close um, family attachment there. But he did most of the talking. I thought he could have let Harlem speak a little bit more and promote himself a bit. But for Harlem, good for you, mate. You have had it off getting Chris Eubank in there because everyone's going to watch now. And it's cha-ching time for Harlem Eubank. So good for you for having him in the background. And, you know, I would ride that wave as long as he can ride it because I agree with you, John. I think he's an excellent fighter. Really good potential. Doesn't sit down on his shots really yet. I mean, he doesn't, doesn't really hit that hard yet. But, you know, that might change once he goes up to welterweight. It might change. But, yeah, in terms of uh, ability, he's, he's, he's a really, really good talent. But don't sure. you think it was weird? Sorry, don't you think it was weird where he was talking down the, to the camera at Conor Ben and Eubank Senior saying, don't worry about the other Eubank. That's not your... This is the proper Eubank. You have to go through the pr- proper procedure with the British Boxing Board of Control and fight a guy in your weight. This is the Eubank for you. See, so I'm thinking to myself, hold on a minute, your other son... He's basically got a multi-million pound fight sitting there for a guy lower weight than him. He's going to be at 160 pound. And you're like, don't worry about him. Come and fight this guy, my Stealing nephew. Stealing the fight. Yeah, he don't care though. because he, Yeah, because he's not being cut in, John. He's getting none of that pie. None of it. He called him the proper Eubank. He said, yes, this is the proper Eubank. I know, Eubank. it's weird, isn't it? I'm like, fucking hell, it's that's weird. really disrespectful. But it's like... Whatever you think of your son, you shouldn't be saying shit like that. I'm sorry. I but don't agree with that. But before, it was about the weight. And I get it. It's his son. He already lost another son, right? So when it was about the weight and he was piping up saying the fight shouldn't happen, fair enough. But now, the fight's going to happen at 160 pounds. So it's not about the weight, is it? But yet, you don't want Chris Eubank Jr. to have the fight. You want Harlem Eubank to have the fight. I don't get it. There's obviously a big falling out there. So... Strange times, man. Strange times. Props, you seen the interview? I haven't. That's why I was letting you two speak. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but um, no, um, you sent it to me, uh, John. And uh, so I meant to watch it. But uh, yeah, um, anyway, um, you two covered it very well. So um, what I was just going to say was, I'll tell you what, Frank Warren has, uh, has rung the bell, though, because it was his intentions to do this. And he said, that the Usyk fight would be on the 23rd of December. <laughs> and now it's not. It's obviously not. But the interview that I watched with Eddie, it now looks like it's too late for them to go on the 23rd of December. So Frank has had a raver there. Um, yeah, and that, that's a bit of a shame for us fans, really. But, you know, Frank's got his Frank's got his way. <laughs> Can you imagine being Frank Warren, though, dealing with Tyson Fury? He must go home to the missus and go, fucking hell, what has he said now? I've got to mop up this shit now. I've got to go on uh, IFL tomorrow and fucking blag my way out of this. I've got, you know, oh, he's only gone and fucking said that now. Fucking hell, Tyson. Why are you, do you know what I mean? He's just constantly mopping up after him. Obviously, he's getting weighed in with some proper spondulies in the process. Yeah. But he's constantly just, just mopping up the contradictions, isn't he, every other fucking week. So I feel bad for Frank. Hard work. I hate Frank for doing that, right? But if you if you were if you rewind the clock, do you remember when uh, Frank announced Warrington to fight Frampton, you know, on BT, Queensbury, then Eddie Hearn done Chisora v. White on the same day? So it's just fucking just goes full circle, isn't it? Goes full circle. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right, well, that about covers it. So um, thank you, people, for tuning in. Thank you, Johnny B. Thank you, Kaya. It has been a fucking pleasure. So we'll see you all on the next one. And we've also got a bonus pod dropping this week. We shall drop it on Sunday. Hope you enjoy that. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next one. Lovely jubbly. Thank you, people. Take care. Bye.